Welcome in, everybody. We are the Fantasy Football Debaters, and we're back for week... What is this now? Week 19, I believe? Episode 19. Episode 19. We, yeah. we're, week we just 15. finished week 14. Yeah, we're talking about week 15, end of week 14. Yeah, we are mid-game with Brown, the Cleveland Browns. Browns. Yep, and Ravens. So we don't know exactly what's going on there, but yeah, let's let's start. So start we're we're off. getting back into our regular format. Yep. So after the playoff special, we won't make you listen too long this time. We'll keep it a little bit shorter. Yeah. But so let's hop right into it. I'll start with the quarterbacks, the top performers of the week. Aaron Rodgers, number one. That was called by a couple guys here. He had thirty point nine points against Detroit in a slim victory. Then next was Tua Tagovailoa. He had 27.04 points against Kansas City in a game they lost. Then Drew Locke coming in a surprising number three with 25.6 points in a win over Carolina. So those are the top three guys. Aaron Rodgers was the only one that was already in the top 20 even. (laughs) So yeah, that's it for quarterbacks. All right, so I got running backs. So for the top one, was it really a surprise, Derrick Henry? Nope. And in the week with 34.2 against Jacksonville. Number two coming in, we had Jonathan Taylor with 28.5 points. And number three following up was Miles Sanders with a crazy game against the Saints. He got 25.6 and he broke the uh, the streak that the Saints had of how, how many games was it in a row? 50-something 50 50-something games. games in a row with... Uh, without allowing a running back to get over 100 rushing yards against yep. them. And who would have guessed? I didn't know that, that, that they had that stat. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and uh, who is it? Andrew, I think you're going to have to make a formal apology for... Miles Sanders. <laughs> I He was my sit of the week last week. I didn't think he was going to do it, but he proved me wrong. And I think it more of has to do with the quarterback situation over there, but... Andrew, on the behalf much. of the podcast here, he humbly apologizes. Yes. but I, <laughs> So that's the top three, but I just want to throw a few other names out there because they did pretty well as well. So we got David Montgomery with 21.5 points, Mike Davis with 21.3, and Cam Akers with 19.4. So again, running backs are always doing well. So let's hear yep. about the receivers, Chris. All right, so not surprisingly, number one for the week is uh, Tyreek Hill. He came in with 23.1. And then after him is kind of surprising to me because I really haven't even heard this guy's name too much. Is uh, KJ Hamler? He got twenty point six points, and I just want to talk about him real quickly because he's point two percent owned. So that's kind of ridiculous. So he could be a pretty good waiver wire pickup, but we'll get into that later. He's uh, he plays for the Broncos too, by the way. If uh, if you didn't know that, and then also, so he had twenty point six, and then also with twenty point six was T Y Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. So, because they tied, I kind of want to talk about the next guy. Stefan Diggs, he had 19.1, and then Calvin Ridley, uh, 18.4. And Allen Robinson, not far behind him with 18.3. And then A.J. Brown with 18.2. But anyway, that's it for receivers. All right. So, so we just listed quite the amount of guys. But they, I mean, they're they, all pretty they, close. They so. all, yeah, they all did pretty well, and they all... every A lot of the top guys on each team, except for, you know, K.J. Hamler... All these guys are obviously the number ones on their team. So, so I going in, right into the waivers, I did not know, but I picked two guys for my waivers from the top three, apparently. So T.Y. Hilton was going to be my first one. He was awful at the beginning of the year. He is 59.4% owned, so he's a 
going to be a little bit harder to come by. But he's had 14, 17, and then 20 points in his last three performances, fantasy-wise. Yep. And he's got a very good matchup against Houston, and he's got that Rappert with uh, Rivers now. Yes, so. it seems like they have a really good connection now. They've started to figure it out finally. Yep. I, I think we all, at the beginning of the season, predicted T.Y. to do pretty good. And it, it just seemed really slow out of the gate. But I think that's yeah, just with because injuries with, too. Well, yeah. not only that, but also what Andrew has said multiple times on the on the show is that uh, uh, Philip Rivers uh, he he tends to favor his tight ends a lot. And obviously, with we've talked about Trey Burton a lot and him becoming on the rise again and being one of the top performing tight ends this year. But now you've got T. Y. Hilton in the mix, so now the receivers are getting part of the action. Yep. And he uh, he went right down the field with Rivers on their first possession, and he caught the touchdown, and he had a few yards. So he really seems like he's back to the old T.Y. Hilton. I think he's finally healthy, he and he's finally starting to pick it up. Yeah, to get it started finally at the end of the fantasy season. If you want to go over stats real quick, he had seven targets, five receptions, 86 yards, and two touchdowns, so not a bad day at all. Um, we're all yeah, rooting. Exactly. We're all rooting for our main man Eugene, <laughs> which is Ty's real name. Yes, but Eugene, then my Krabs. <laughs> my second guy is KJ Hamler. Now I did not pick him because he was a top performer. I picked him because I've seen him a few times this season, and he 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 looks like a very good receiver. And he when he's out there and healthy, and Drew Locke is also out there, which the combination hasn't been out there very much. He's looked very good with a high amount of potential. So he had 20.6 points against Carolina, like Chris said. And he plays Buffalo, who's number 14 next week. But he looks so good on the field. He's he's definitely the best-looking receiver, not in terms of not in terms of beauty, but in terms of play. <laughs> not in terms and of if, aesthetics. And if you're looking at the Broncos, they don't have a clear number one receiver over there. No. And Drew Locke, Drew Locke, especially with Cortland Sutton gone, he could easily step into this top role here. He's kind of like a Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. He's kind of like a player like that. So he he just looks very good. He's very evasive and just good at not getting tackled, basically. Whenever the ball gets into his hands, he makes things happen. So KJ Hamler, like Chris said, was 0.2% owned. So he's out there for everybody. He is a good pickup. I would honestly prefer to have him over Tim Patrick. I uh <clears throat> I did speak pretty highly about Tim Patrick the last. No, and weeks. that's I I believe Tim Patrick is a good pickup, so that's how highly I'm trying to speak of KJ Hamler now. But that's all I have for waivers. All right, for me I just have one, and it is going to be Cam Akers, and he's going to be another guy that's going to be a little bit hard to come by as he is fifty point five percent owned, but that means in half the leagues out there you can still grab him. And why why do I want Cam Akers? I'll tell you. He <laughs> he has a pretty easy, well, a very easy remaining schedule in terms of defenses that he's up against. He's got the number 22 Jets next week for week 15 and then the number 21 Seattle Seahawks for week 16. So he has a good schedule there. You're looking at three games in a row now where he has done pretty well. 14.4 against San Fran. 15.4 against Arizona, and 19.4 against New England. I think he's on the rise. He's starting to show as the number one running back over there, and he's playing pretty well, and I think it's only going to be 
up from here, especially against easier teams. Yeah, and I agree. He was looking like the number one early in the season, but then he had that injury bringing in the other guys to kind of take over his role, but yeah, it he, seems like he's taking it back. And for a while there, it looked like Henderson was the guy. Yes. He was but playing really well. that was really when Akers well. was injured. Yeah, and now Akers comes back and he's playing well, so if you have a shot at getting him, go for it, especially for this remaining remainder of the playoffs. Yep. And that's, that's all it. I got. So, Chris, what do you got for your waiver? So, I've got... <clears throat> I started off with one, and then right before we started recording here, I uh, decided to add in another guy, because he was going to be my start of the week, actually. He was going to be my start of the week, but I went with someone else, so I wanted to add him into the waivers. So, my first waiver pickup is going to be Jalen Hurts, and I know that we talked about him last week, and we wanted to wait, you know, a couple, a couple games just to see how he would do, but I think... Coming in in your first NFL start and beating a team like the Saints, who were on a on a roll, even with without Drew Brees, they were on a roll. He came in, he was uh, 17 for 30 passing, 167 yards and a touchdown. He did fumble one time, but he also had 106 rush yards. So that's, I mean, that's 10.6 points right there, just from rushing. And then, you know, all the passing stats and everything like that. But I think that he really could be... Uh, just in terms of like the Eagles as a whole, I guess, which isn't too fantasy related, but I think that he could be, you know, the next guy because, like we've said multiple times, Carson Wentz is definitely not the guy. Yeah, it definitely seemed like the Eagles played differently with with Hertz in there. They definitely seemed to pick it up, and maybe the team morale is better just because he's playing better than Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. in his in his first NFL start, he played the number four defensive against quarterbacks, and he he got nineteen point two eight. So then, if you think about it, they haven't. New Orleans let up 200-yard rushers then. He was one of them. He was one of the 100-yard rushers that New Orleans has let up in 50-plus games. Yeah. And he's a quarterback. And I think being that he did get a lot of rushing yards, that's just upping his fantasy value. You can, Especially a team like we just said against the Saints that haven't let up a lot of rushing yards. If he's doing that against the Saints, it's only going to help the right, rest of the team out including and not, himself and not so. only that but the next couple weeks he plays arizona and then dallas so and then the last game of the season which i don't think doesn't count towards fantasy unless right. you're in one of those goofy leagues where you play in week 17 if you're in that get out of it <laughs> but i mean anyway he yeah he uh arizona he plays next week and they're number 12 and then dallas is 22 so those are pretty uh I don't want to say Arizona is going to be super easy, but I mean we saw what he did against the Saints, so who knows? He, I, I think he'll put up, you know, pretty good numbers the next couple, uh, couple weeks. And then my second guy is Drew Locke. We we talked about him a little bit, but he had what was it, twenty five point six or whatever it was. Yep. And for the rest of the season, he's got uh, pretty favorable matchups. Yeah, Drew Locke has really been stepping up. Since he, what, did he have COVID or? No, he was the one, he was, uh, their entire quarterback room decided not to wear masks, so yeah. that's why they had to all So he was, he was playing pretty well before that, but then he had that week. He was wildly inconsistent. Yeah, inconsistent, but he, as a Denver quarterback, who has been, since Peyton Manning, have known to be quite bad. Well, his highest, better, his highest game better. of the season was against Atlanta, which is no surprise, yeah. and that was 29 he, points, he and was, then the yeah. week directly after that was against Vegas, which isn't a great defense. He only had 6.9, and then against uh, Miami, he had 11. Yeah, but he's shown flashes is what I'm saying. But, I mean, against Carolina, he had 25.6, and now uh, week 15 and week 16, 
Week 15, he plays number 25, Buffalo. And then after that, week 16 is number 23, the Chargers. So if he's putting up the numbers like he is right now, if he continues to do that, especially against these two easy matchups for the, the remainder of the playoffs, uh, fantasy-wise, I think uh, he, he could definitely be a pretty good pickup if you've got quarterbacks that are struggling with you know either COVID or questionable injuries or whatever, and, and you're not really sure who to start. Drew Locke is only 2.4% owned. So that could be uh that could be your answer. And going back to what Matt mentioned earlier with Drew Locke not playing much with KJ, I think maybe if they're both healthy, you could see Drew Locke turn around and be more consistent, kinda how you mentioned with he was guy inconsistent. Like KJ? Yeah, with yes. a guy like KJ if he can and Tim Patrick, because I don't think Tim Patrick has played most of the season. He actually. hasn't played he hasn't played very much. He had not to really get into Tim Patrick too much right now, but he I think this week he had nine points. Yeah, he did okay. So he I think, a yeah, I think with a, no little, yards. a little more consistency and less injuries, Drew Locke can be pretty pretty good. Yep, and yeah, he's, he's still young. Yes. Right, he's, I mean, he's got some pretty decent receivers around him right now, even with Cortland Sutton not playing. Yep. And, and I mean, just think running about, back. Think about, I mean, obviously, I don't Two think... Two good running backs, actually. I don't count Philip Lindsay as a good running you back. You don't count him as a good running back? I don't think he's a very good running back. He's a good pass catcher. That's about it. All right, well, that, I mean, that's... That wraps it up. Yeah, we don't really have to talk too so much then, more about that. The next segment is going to be the Stardom Sit'em in our original format. My start for QB is going to be the guy we just talked about, Jalen Hurts. I believe that this guy is... We've talked about it before, where quarterbacks who are in their first year are, are unpredictable. It's hard to plan for a guy when you don't have enough film on him. So I believe Hurts against Arizona who's been off and on as a defense they're only number it's it's not a great matchup it's number 12 so not an amazing on paper matchup but like Andrew was saying Hertz gets the rushing yards he had 106 yards like we said against New Orleans who has been a very good defense and Arizona I believe that game will be more of a shootout two good offenses two good quarterbacks and he just he's so much better than Wentz, like you said. He's he just he looks better. The team morale is better. He he did have that one turnover, but he's not a turnover machine like Wentz, which hurts your defense, hurts everything. Was that fumble early on in the game though? I no, it was I right know. at the end of the game. Oh, okay, all right. I didn't I didn't get to really watch it, but no. I was so just wondering if it was you know first game. It almost Sorry, lost them the game actually. Oh, okay. That fumble. But, yeah, anyways, I believe Hertz is going to be the guy here coming in to this week. And just because he's starting so late into the season, Hertz is going to have a good shot to surprise some defenses. He's not. No one's going to be able to plan for him correctly, like I said. So Hertz, I believe you could stick with, and he's a safe option because of his running. My sit is going to be Tua. Tua had 27 points, so he had a very big week. But... He plays New England, number three against the quarterback. Now, they haven't looked very good overall, especially last game against the Rams. But still, fantasy-wise, they keep quarterbacks low. Tua was playing catch-up the whole game. I don't believe it's going to be like that. I believe Miami is going to straight-up win. And I believe that Tua, that... You think he it's just, gonna come more more off of the rushing the rushing? I don't attack? think I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game at all. These well, are two pretty good defenses and not great offenses. The other thing I want to mention is that Brita and Gasket uh, 
Gaskin's out. Gaskin. Yeah, they're both out. So they have some other uh, DeAndre something, I think. Was I it that what one guy we was. talked about a couple weeks ago? That no name guy? Muhammad or whatever? No, no, no. It was. It's not even him. Uh, uh, Samad or whatever. Yeah, Ahmed. Ahmed. Sal- yeah, Salvin Ahmed. or Salvin Ahmed. Ahmed. Yeah, something Salvin like that. Ahmed. No, it's not even him. They had some other guy who was the workhorse, and he was getting a bunch of carries, but he was averaging 2.7 yards per carry, and that's nothing. That's yeah. awful. I mean, either way, Tua, Tua just doesn't look like anything special. He had 27 points, but some of that came off the one rushing touchdown he had. That was a QB sneak, I believe it was. And that that's, I mean, that's a lot of points right there. That's six points for your quarterback. But Tua just hasn't looked special like some of these other guys, like how Burrow did before, how Herbert has looked throughout the season. He just doesn't look like that. It doesn't seem like things are clicking for Tua. Most of his points here were also in garbage time. They had to uh, catch up to Kansas City, who scored like 30-something straight points on them. And they had to try to catch up at the end of the game, and they made it close, but it was it was a blowout by Kansas City. And <clears throat> when you can't go off of, especially Kansas City, they're so much better than New England, Tua's not going to get the garbage time points. It's kind of like they have to fight for every every touchdown they get. It's it do, It's not natural. It doesn't seem like it flows easily. There's just, I have a feeling about Tua... To where he just he isn't anything that special. He seems more like a game manager than somebody who's gonna air it out and I really think, change a game. I think that as a quarterback, he's he could be a good quarterback, but in terms of fantasy wise, I don't I, I agree with you. I don't think he's gonna get you the consistent points that you're probably hoping for from a guy like that. No, no and, 20, but- and and you can you've seen throughout the year now when he's played that he's gotten benched before for just being ineffective. Yeah, but the one thing I do want to say, especially with this week, though, kind of on the opposite side, is they're playing New England and they're playing Cam Newton, who has been a turnover machine. He's, I think Cam Newton is still going to be a turnover machine, and I think he's going to provide a lot of opportunities to Miami and to a, to be able to at least score. Maybe not air it out, but I think he's still going to turn it over, maybe get some good field positioning, and then... It, Maybe a few touchdowns. That here could and there. happen, but the Miami kicker has been one of the best kickers in the league so far, fantasy wise, because they don't capitalize on those opportunities. They have to kick a lot of field goals. They they've been winning based on their defense for the most part this year. It hasn't been their outstanding offensive play. When Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing, they were pretty good offensively in certain games. But since Tua's came in, he's found ways to win games, but he has not made things happen. He hasn't taken a game into his own hands, basically. So I would much rather start Hurts than Tua this week. I would agree. I would agree with that. That's it. All right. So for my quarterback start, I went with Big Ben versus the Bengals. And I have to say just mostly the matchup here, but the Steelers have been struggling the last, what, three weeks? Two weeks now where they lost two games. They lost two weeks, but even when they beat Baltimore, they struggled in that game. Yeah. They they were not playing well. And I would I would definitely say Cincinnati is the worst of those last three matchups that they've had against Baltimore, Washington, and Buffalo. But they are not the worst in terms of defense for fantasy. So Big Ben only put up 13 against the number 25 Buffalo. And that's obviously not good numbers, but I don't think you should give up on him just yet. He's had 
plenty of other good games, and I think more so he's just going to get amped up. He's trying to make everybody, you know, turn around. You're looking at many receivers. If you watch the game, many receivers are dropping balls. It's got to be frustrating for him. And I think Mike Tomlin is a really good coach, and I think he's going to get on the players, and I think they're going to have to turn it around. And if there's ever a time to do it, it's right now against Cincinnati. Well, not right now. Next (laughs) week against Cincinnati, an easy team to beat. And you're going to see some... You're gonna see some fight in these guys. They're not gonna. They they just lost the the buy spot basically. Their chances, based on losing this game, their chances of getting that first seed in the buy just went down to something crazy like four percent or something like that. So they're in trouble now, and they're Cleveland's nipping at their heels. They need to win games, and they're in desperation mode. They're gonna to have to put everything on the table. Everyone's gonna to have to step up. They have a young receiver core which is the reason for those drops. I saw one specific play where it was Claypool did not attack the ball like he should have, and he it was it could have been a good catch, and Ben Roethlisberger is yelling at these guys. So hopefully he can whip him into shape, but I, I don't know if I can trust it. I don't know if I would Against trust the him Bengals? in the playoffs. The, the Bengals, Last time he played the Bengals, he got 29.32. Yes, but the Bengals, as of late, have had a lot of low-scoring games for some reason. And it's not just because they don't score a lot of points. It's the other team doesn't score a lot of points, surprisingly. A lot of extracurricular activity with the fighting on the field. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I still think you got to go Big Ben. I I think it's kind of hard. If you have him on your team, it's kind of hard to bench him. Especially, like I said, last time he played him, he got 29 points. And that was just like five weeks ago. So I say start him. But anyways, I'll move on to my quarterback sit. And I have Ryan Tannehill... Versus the number 27 Lions. And the reason I'm going with him is not because I think he's going to have a bad game, but I think he's not going to have the game that you are hoping for. Especially with the matchup being that Detroit is the number 27 defense. I think, Derrick Henry. I think, yeah, more so Derrick Henry is just going to be a monster and take over. And if it's working, you know, why would you change it? But I, like I said, I don't think Tannehill's going to have a bad game by any means. I think he's going to be somewhere between like 15 and 19 points. And for me, this at this point in the season, you're in the playoffs. <clears throat> you need more than 15 to 19 points from a quarterback to win a game. Pretty you, much. You, you need 20 plus at least. And I think that's why I put him as my sit because I don't. I think maybe he, can, he might nick 20, 21, but he's not going to have a big game that you were hoping for, like he has a few big games in the past. He's too unpredictable, too. You don't know when he's going to do well. Yeah, There's no no rhyme or reason. No, and it's kind of hard with Corey Davis sometimes going off, sometimes not. A.J. AJ, Brown's a beast. He's a beast. But but even when A.J. Brown has a really good week, like last week, Tannehill doesn't. He could could only throw the ball to A.J. Brown one week and nobody else. And then as the quarterback, he won't have a great game, but A.J. Brown will still have a great game. Yeah. So that's what usually happens when Derrick Henry takes over the game like that. Exactly, and I think it's going to continue. You saw it against Jacksonville, the number 30 defense, he only put up 16.48, because of, obviously because of Derrick Henry. Yep. So I think as long as Derrick Henry's you know, chugging along, yep. he's not, and Tannehill's not going to see that much production. Derrick Henry more than doubled his fantasy point total. Mm-hmm. That's all I got on him, Chris. So because of what you were saying about you know, the range that you're thinking that Tannehill is going to get this week, 
I went with a guy for my start, Derek Carr. He The last couple weeks, he's had a 31-point game against the Jets, and then against the number six defense, the Colts, he had 23.84, which isn't, you know, obviously too, too great, but it's still better than a lot of quarterbacks have been doing. And uh, like I said, he's got he's got pretty good matchups, and especially this week, the number 23 <clears throat> Chargers. I If you got Derek Carr in your lineup, I would definitely put him in there just because he's been... Seems like he's kind of on a roll right now. And See, I, I I don't know about that one because I'm a throughout the I've been tricked by Derek Carr throughout the year, just like Aguilar. I'm I'm scared to talk about or to not to talk about them, but to start them because he's had games where you think it's such a good matchup. He's been rolling lately, and then he just throws out a dud, and he's unpredictable. I don't I don't understand why he's been like that through this season. Because he shouldn't be. He should be rolling through this season. And they're... I mean, they have a shot at the playoffs. They're not... They they haven't been a bad team. But fantasy-wise, his consistency has not been... Has not been up to par. I mean, he's the number 16 quarterback, Last, which isn't horrible. I mean, he's yeah, middle... Yeah, look week he's, to week. It's not... It's not I know, pretty. I know. I'm, I'm looking at it. He's got, he's got a few uh, touches of, you know, 20, that area. And then a couple mid-20s. Some high teens. Low teens some below 10-point games. Yeah. And then against, I'm not sure what this is against the uh, the Falcons here, but he only had point six. That's so what not, I'm saying. I don't, he, no, there's no way. Start. Wait. I, wanted, I, I would want to have started him in that game against the 32 Falcons. How, did he wait, get injured? No. How, how is that so, though? Because it's showing that he had, what, 215 passing yards? How do you end up with point six? How many picks? How many fumbles? I'm looking right now. One, inter- one interception. three sacks. One interception. Does that do sacks take away from quarterback totals? They shouldn't. Okay. Well, I'm one, not, yeah, I'm not one sure. Interception, I don't know why, but... One interception and one fumble, so I don't know where point six is coming I'm from. I'm just saying, I don't think he's really had... I think point six is a mistake from Yeah, it should. The it might be, but it's still, either way, that's a bad game. He hasn't he really... any touchdowns? The only no. stretch of the yeah. season that he's been consistently in the 20s and, you know, higher teens, I guess, he had... Through week through week four to week seven, there's a buy in there at week six, but he had 20, 24, and then 17, and then against the Cleveland Browns, which is a green matchup, he only got 10.4. So that's I don't get I don't understand. That's why it's so hard to predict that guy. That's why I would not be starting and, him in the but playoffs. I think and the, look at the next game too. The last it was against the Chargers. He only got 14. I think it's but I think towards the end of the season here, with him playing the way that he has been the last two games. And with them, you know, trying to be a playoff team, I think I think he's gonna step up. I, I would start him, but I'm not in the playoffs. I would so. I would sit him. I wouldn't be able to start him. I wouldn't have my, especially that we're in the semifinals now. I wouldn't I wouldn't risk my season on Derek Carr. I'd go for I would rather start Hertz. I'd rather put Hertz in there than Derek Carr for sure. Who's your sit? <clears throat> your sit. <laughs> Excuse me. My sit is uh, Russell Wilson. He's playing the number nine Washington defense. And the last few weeks, he really hasn't been playing very well in terms of you know fantasy production. Yep. Even in terms of regular, I, he, yeah. he hasn't been all it's, that great. It's, he just dropped like, off. it's just like he did last year. It's just like I was trying to point out at the beginning of the season. He has a really hot streak, and then he just he gets dipped in a bucket of water, and he's cold. And yeah. you're also looking at Washington, who has been on fire 
recently, yep. right? Especially and I mean, defensively. He's, he's coming off a game against the Jets, which he got twenty two points, but that's you know that's the Jets. But now the rest of the season he's playing Washington number nine, and then the Rams number one, and then for whatever reason the the Forty Nine ers are also ranked at number nine. But um, yeah, I yeah I'm not I'm not really sure what's going on with that. But anyway, he doesn't have favorable matchups. For the rest of the season, and especially this week, I'm not starting him, especially with the way that Washington's been getting to the quarterback, and they've been... They've had a touchdown in multiple games now defensively. Right. I think, yeah, I think that's actually a pretty solid, yeah. because like mo- most people with Russell, they're just automatically starting him well, based yeah, off I mean, the if name. You, if you look at this, 100% rostered, 100% started. Yeah, Yeah. so I, I think that's actually Because you're, you're kind of living and dying with him. If you if you drafted him, but I think you're right. I, I would I would throw Hertz in there. To be honest <laughs> with you, I would throw Hertz in there over Russell. In case you didn't know, Matthew like likes Hertz. I, I mean I I do. I, I'm just saying is that I think Hertz is a safer bet. I think maybe not upside. I think Russell obviously has more upside, but I think that Hertz isn't gonna screw you and Russell Wilson easily could. And I, and the other thing that's kind of strange too is that I've seen is you see Tyler Lockett fall off, basically. Right. Only... I, he's been inconsistent all season, but he was doing much, much better at the beginning of the season. And now, like, the back half, he's been really bad. And that's when Russell Wilson's been bad, too. So it, it just kind of goes hand-in-hand hand there. You think, that, you think that if he gets um, Tyler Lockett more involved, you think he starts doing better? I think so, because I think... I think what he's doing, he's forcing the ball to DK a lot. And don't get me wrong, DK is a hell of an athlete. He's a hell of a receiver. He's, he's great. He's a freak of nature. Yeah, exactly. But I think the fact of it is, is you still have to use other receivers. And I think Lockett is still... That's like what you were saying about Ryan good. Tannehill. You can throw the ball to A.J. Brown all day long and, and still not see quarterback production. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's clearly what's happening because DK is still playing pretty well. And Russell just isn't. Yep. Right. And but yeah, I don't know. They Seattle just seems to be in decline overall. But yeah, that's it for quarterbacks. Yeah. That's all. All I've right. Got. With running backs, my start is going to be a contingent running back. It's going to be contingent. He is questionable right now, so you'll have to see throughout the week. But Austin Eckler, he's back, uh, and he he played. He's he's just he's an automatic start if he's healthy. Twelve points in this past week in a game that they had a hard time. Atlanta was no, is number nine against the run, yet he still got 12 points. He catches so many balls. Him and Keenan Allen were the like the only two guys that really caught the ball in that game. The only thing you got to watch out for Eckler is I know he's working off a quad injury. Yeah, well, that's right what now. I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's contingent. If he, plays, yeah. if he plays, you start him because he's playing Vegas, who's number 30 against the run. So they yeah, just passed. They must have just passed Detroit. As one of the worst teams against the run, but if he's playing, he's in your lineup, no doubt about it. Which kind of sucks because that's the guy I'm playing has Eckler in his lineup. <laughs> but yeah, he's a start. My sit is gonna be I'm along the lines with Chris. Chris Carson. I'm gonna sit Chris Carson against Washington defense. They're number three, and I'm he not. I'm not. Also my sit. All right. Well, I'm not starting Chris Carson for this week or the championship. To be honest with you, I'm gonna have to disagree. I he's I mean, playing number three and number one defense. I don't care. I don't care what he's and playing. He's injury prone. I don't care what he's playing. The man has been playing really well all season. Uh, that he's actually played when he's actually played. 
I, injury, I can't argue with you on that one. He is very injury prone, but he has only played two games out of the whole season that he's played where he hasn't found the end zone. He's constantly in the end zone. He's a touchdown monster. You can't, you cannot bench this guy. I think you, you absolutely can. cannot. I think you can. I, Against I the think Washington he's going to let you down. I don't think Washington, it matters. Washington, Washington's defense has been a turnover machine lately. And so let's say he gets you a touchdown, but he gets no yards. How how good of a week is that? If you get under say, ten points, and let's say he fumbles, I mean that's kind of a hard thing to okay. But I say predict. But what I'm saying is Washington's been they've been causing turnovers. I think more so picks. They've seen they've gotten a lot of like pick sixes. Well, no, they had a scoop and score, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah they yeah. forced some fumbles. They they they're a good I, you, defense. I just don't see you being able to bench him. He's He's a factor on the ground. He's a factor in the gonna, air. I think you're going to be apologizing to the podcast again next week. <laughs> I think you are too. How, how can you bench him, though? He's he's consistently catching balls. See, if Andrew, they Andrew is arguing this point because he has Chris Carson. He had the bye argue- week. So now he's coming into this week. So he kind of has to argue for Chris Carson. But no, not, I, not really. I, I've, I've been a big proponent of him uh, the whole season that he's played. And if you drafted him, you most likely drafted him pretty early, and you don't have the luxury of benching him unless yeah, you have I mean, some good. Uh, I see it, but I don't. I, don't I, think I just he's can't see him. He's to, had up to the standards you need him to. He's in had the playoffs. two games under ten points, and his, actually two games played, like, under like eleven. Games? If he wasn't, <laughs> if he wasn't playing Washington this week, yes, you start him. He's but played he, nine games, and seven out of those nine, he's gotten, he's found the end zone, and he's had. Multiple games with multiple touchdowns. I I just don't think based even based off the matchup. I see what you're saying is you're probably gonna have to start him, but I don't. I, think not that even it's that. A good I, idea. I still want to start him. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe I you're not. Maybe to. you're not gonna see huge production. I think you can at least count on at least ten points coming out of him. At least. Mm, see, I think that's but like right other... at the line. I think he's gonna get around nine. I, I mean, agree to disagree, I guess, but for me, I there's no way you can bench him to me. Scoring seven out of nine games, come on. There, there's just no... Regardless of how Russell's been playing, even, cause you, even if Russell's not playing all that well, it doesn't matter because he just needs a little dump off and Chris Carson is going to make a play. He's an animal when he's healthy. I, regardless of matchup, I think he's one of those guys you just you got to go with. All right. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, like I said, prepare yeah, your I respect, your, I respect your point. I respect your point. I see what you're saying. And I, I see what you're especially it's a tough with matchup. especially with Washington. I would say if it was like any other team really than Washington, I would a hundred percent guarantee a start for him. But well, how about how Washington about has been playing really well next week or not next week? Week 16 for the championship. He's playing the Rams number one against the run. Well, if I make it that far, I'm gonna have to start him again, but. I would like to see how he does against Washington first before I make what that decision. What if he gets nine? Like, nine? I'm, like I'm saying he's going to get. I would say then you still you still start him. If that's going to be one of his low points, nine points, I think but that's still. But then he has an even harder matchup. Not, not stat-wise. Rams are number four, but. Mine said number one. Oh, uh, maybe mine didn't update. Oh, mine has been... <laughs> And I, I still think, and I still think the Rams, the Rams are good at running, uh, the stopping the run. Sorry, they're really good at stopping the run because they have big boys like Aaron Donald there and really good defensive linemen. 
but I think they would have a tougher time with dump-off passes and using well, see, that, Chris that's, Carson that's in the That's where I disagree and with I, you, especially because the Rams have... They don't have big linebackers. They have fast linebackers. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's that's next week, but... Yeah. I mean, my whole point is that he's a dual threat, and he's just a touchdown mm. monster, so... I, I, I can't... I cannot bench him. Right, well, Unless they... If they heavily rely on him, I could see him maybe having a good game, but... I think that the Washington defense is just too much for that for that Seahawks declining offense. Yeah, Andrew, what do you got know. for running backs? That's that's me uh, and Chris's sit. I mean, I, I just gotta disagree with it, but uh, we'll move on. So for my running back start, I'm gonna go with Miles Sanders after he was on. Oh, so man. so de- so Miles Sanders, please say <laughs> From this. From one apology to another, <laughs> please say this makes up for it. But I think we already talked about him. But I think with Hertz being there, it totally changes the team morale. It changes everything about their offense. It gives Miles Sanders a hundred percent better of a chance to do good, and you know, and you saw it against a tough defense. And now he's playing like we already talked about, number thirteen Cardinals defense. They've been shaky, and I think Hertz. Yeah, he might take away run, rushing yards from I think Miles that, Sanders. I think that helps him because. The court, uh, as a defense, I don't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry, no. but I think as a defense, it's very, very hard to uh, pre- focus to focus on two guys. That's what I was thinking. I, would, that would, that I don't know. I can't think of the word that I wanted to say. But anyway, when you got two guys that can rush for over 100 yards against a Saints defense... How are you supposed to predict who's you know who's going to exactly. get the ball? Exactly. That, that was going to be that was going to be my next point. Is yeah, he might take away rushing yards, but he's also Hertz is also going to take away at least one defender. Yeah, attention. At he's least gonna one. Take a lot of attention. Because away. if right. you if you have a quarterback that can run, you have to focus on that. Otherwise, right. it it opens a lot of doors yes. for a lot of other players. Exactly. And I think Miles Sanders, I think we can all agree that he's a, he's a good athlete. He's, I have a feeling it. that a lot of people who have Miles Sanders are not in the playoffs unless you had somebody like Derrick Henry in the first round dragging his ass throughout the season. Yeah. But anyways, I'll, cook whoever. I'll, but, yeah. I'll move on to my running back sit. And I know it's not that, that surprising here, but I have Duke Johnson, who is on Houston, who is playing the Colts. And it says they are also the number thirteen. How did he do against the Colts last time? Well, he he didn't do very well against the Bears. No, uh, I'm not, not at sure. All, but... Let me let me double check that real quick. But for for me, the only reason I'm really saying this name is because I feel like he is one of very few players out there that is in a starting role that you should just plain plain out like not start because most most of the starting roles, regardless of if they were a backup or not, you can, for the most part, start them and not be too worried because they have a very good opportunity of doing good. But with Duke Johnson, it just he get, I think the whole team just got deflated after the Bears just straight up stomped them. And Duke yeah, he, Johnson he just had, he was Duke not Johnson explosive. Also, he, he, also, he was not the guy. He, he also had, had a little bit of an injury. Yeah, yeah. so that's not going to help him. He only had three points week three three point two against the Colts last time but that was the game where David Johnson played so yeah that's kind of no, hard to no gauge stats. it's it's hard to gauge his but yes yeah, when you're looking through it he is well even throughout when David Johnson wasn't there 
he's been good against bad teams and he's had a rough time against good teams. So I think that yeah. follows the trend and, pretty well. Yeah, my my main point being is that he yes, he is the starter, but you you can't play him. So yep. that's my that's why he's on my sit list. Alright, so Chris, Chris what do you know got? your sit already? Yeah, my, obviously my sit's gonna be Chris Carson. We already talked about that. Yeah, obviously. Don't. So <laughs> my start is gonna be I, I don't want to say it's too obvious because we haven't really talked about this guy too much, but Jonathan Taylor, he's playing thirty. He's playing the number one or th- I'm sorry, the number thirty one <laughs> Houston defense. And I put a little side note in here. We saw what David Montgomery did against him, and we all know what my original views on David Montgomery were. But all I'm saying is my the point that I'm trying to make is that he's he's becoming the guy that they thought he was going to be, and. He had this last game. He had the twenty-eight point five week game. The game, the last game that he played Houston, he had nineteen point five. So I think it's a pretty obvious start to start him again uh, against Houston. And I but, just, but you're just you're just reinforcing their confidence basically in starting him. Yeah, people who have had him throughout the year, you're you're well, telling yeah, but yeah, he's he's had some I'm, off games. But what here I'm, and there because but. okay, so obviously because that's kind of an obvious start, I came up with uh, with another one. But I, I, the only reason I put him, I put Jonathan Taylor as my start is because I don't believe he's played a lot this year so far. Didn't he deal with a, a little bit of an injury yes. or he had uh, an illness or yes, something? because Hines was playing. Right, so I'm just saying the last two weeks that he's played, he's had really good games, and the last time he played Houston, he had a big game. So. And, I, and I think with, we already talked about this, so I'm not going to talk too much. But with Philip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton finding that connection and being able to go through the air, it's opening up the run a lot more for Jonathan Taylor. Okay. So my my second start is going to be Cam Akers. We talked about him. He was your waiver, right? Yes, he was my waiver. So he, even against a bad, or sorry, I guess I could say a bad matchup, even against a good San Francisco defense, they were number five. Uh, He got 14.4. Then the next week he played Arizona, got 15.4. And then this very past week against New England, he got 19.4. And this coming week, he's playing the Jets. Yep. So I think that that's also kind of a no-brainer start. But in case you had any doubts, you might want to put him in your lineup. Yeah. And if you do if you do find him available in 50% of the leagues, you could pick him up, pick him up and start him right away. Absolutely. So, yeah, we know you're sitting ready, so... Moving with receivers, receivers, I'll give you... I have two starts. I'll give you the more obvious one first. I I had to put him in here because I need to, like Chris did, I, ha- I have to reinforce everybody's confidence in playing him. Brandon Ayuk, 11.9 points last week against the Washington football team. Debo is out. So Debo is not an issue for Ayuk anymore. I believe that when Debo's in there, he takes away from Ayuk a lot. But Debo got hurt on the first play of the game, and Ayuk had 119 yards on 16 targets, which is crazy. And it doesn't matter who he's playing, but just to instill some confidence, he's got Dallas. So <laughs> he's gonna have he's gonna have a monster week. I believe he'll have at least one touchdown, and I believe a ton of yards against his Dallas team, who can't stop anybody in any position. What, what would you project him at around 18? No, no, no. I'm projecting him around 23. Oh, okay. I I think he's going to have a monster week. I think he's going to 
I think he's going to get a ton of yards, like I said, and at least a touchdown, possibly yeah, two. For him, just watching him play, he seems like one of the more explosive. One of just the early, most yeah, early on, the most explosive, like just runners. Early in on in the season, I, I believe it was week four. I tried picking him up on the waivers, and somebody beat me out because we have the uh, waiver bidding. Yeah, yeah, waiver bidding. Yeah, somebody beat me out. I, I think I only put eight dollars on him or something like that. <laughs> I didn't think anybody knew who he was, and then. The you, the reason I wanted to pick him up was because I saw that that long uh, run that he had and he hurdled that yeah. guy. And I'm like, oh, that guy looks awesome. Yeah, we, <laughs> we talked about him earlier in the year, but he's dealt with some injuries. He's but he averages eleven point something points per game. When he's in there, he's just it doesn't matter who he's playing against. New Orleans, who was number six, he had twelve, and then Washington eleven point nine, and then a better matchup, he had fifteen. So he's got a great baseline. He gets yards and targets. It's there's no competition. No, not at all. His his, I mean the the worst one he had was really against L A. Who was who's the number one and he still had seven point two. Yeah, if that's that, the that worst again, you're gonna see. It's from not him. his worst game, but I mean, it's but that was also against when, the hard match. But that basically. was when there was other receivers in yeah. there. Yeah, now that he's probably more than likely gonna be the number one for the next couple of weeks. Yep. And Mullins looks a lot better than he did in the past. And all he really has to do is throw throw Ayuk or Debo, either one, a screen, and they just take it. They take it for multiple yards. That's all. That's all their offense really is. But their coach is so good at it that they just can't be stopped. So I think he's an obvious start. It doesn't matter who he's playing. But like I said, he's playing Dallas, so he's gonna have a huge game. Uh, my second one, more questionable. He didn't have a great game this week, but he did catch a touchdown. Kiki QT. Kiki Kuti. He's playing Indianapolis number eight. So that's going to be a tough matchup. But he did have a good game against Indianapolis last time. He had 144 yards. So no touchdown in that game. Now, without Brandon Cooks, depending on if he plays or not, I don't think it matters. I believe Kiki is still going to get a good amount of yards. Not that many. But I believe he's going to catch a touchdown this week. So I believe Kiki could be a, a dark horse in a sense. And then my sit is going to be my guy, T. Higgins. He is dealing with an injury, and he's playing Pittsburgh, who's number 16, so not not a terrible matchup, but he doesn't have a QB. I mean, A.J. Green has had to step in with the one touchdown last week. Their offense is just atrocious. They scored one touchdown last week, and they, they, they can't do much. T. Higgins, while he's, he's helped many people, including myself, get to the playoffs, unfortunately, he's not going to help you in the playoffs here. That's it. I, I was actually, I wrote, I'm pretty sure I wrote T. Higgins down and then I crossed it out right away because uh, I was going to put him as my receiver sit, but I put somebody else instead, so I agree with you. But on behalf of me and Chris, wide receiver start, you got to go Eugene. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. He's playing Houston, the number 23. He is clearly the number one receiver over there. We talked about him. I'm not gonna say much more about him. I've got do a couple. Have, do you have I've, I've got a couple you things. Bring like, up? I could say a couple things. Like I mean, obviously his point production has been picking up lately. The last three weeks it was 14.1, then then a 17 point game, and then last week 20.6. So it's literally just been rising every single week. And I believe he does have a favorable matchup this week. And I, I believe he's just gonna continue to put the same type of numbers up. Yeah. Not only that, the Colts are still they're they're behind Tennessee, right? In terms of yep. uh, playoffs. 
So they're still they're com- competing very highly. So you're still gonna see, even with Jonathan Taylor doing good, and I believe he's gonna do good again. You're still gonna see Philip Rivers throwing it a lot because they absolutely need to win. Ty is the guy. Enough said about him. Wide receiver sit. I went with Tyler Lockett. I think and, he's been on the sit list. Yeah, for, for quite a, a couple few weeks. weeks here. A lot of Seahawks but, on the sit list this week. Yeah. Against a good it's, Washington and a, and a lot of Colts on the stardom. Yeah. yeah. So Washington is the number four defense against the receivers, which is pretty crazy since they're the number three against the running backs. But Tyler Lockett just clearly has shown he can't get it done here without Russell throwing it to him a lot. That's that's the main thing where Lockett's not going to... If Lockett's not in the end zone, he's not having a good game. Yep. And it's hard to argue that he's going to do anything against an on-fire Washington team. You just can't trust him. Absolutely not. And for me, I'm in a bad situation where I my, all my receivers are hurt and I just don't have anybody well, else. You better, you better hope that they finally realize that the connection between Russell and Lockett is what you know helps both of them do better. Hopefully they well, figure you know, that out this week. The thing is, is that we're not saying that Lockett won't have a good week. We're mostly saying that, I mean... It's hard to put him in your lineup because there's yes. so, his 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 he could go, he has a wide range of what he could end up at. He could end up at one point or he could end up at twenty five. No yeah. one knows, but you have no idea. And and but if you, you look, can't risk it because of how inconsistent he's been week to week. And if you if you're looking at his stats, he's also very inconsistent when it comes to matchups. So he doesn't step up against the tougher tougher defenses you know yeah but he doesn't only but yeah, pound yeah bad defenses. but then he's also yeah like you just said he's not having really good games against just straight up bad teams yeah, he, he's so, unpredictable yeah and i think it's too much of a gamble and especially the last few weeks where he hasn't even broken like six points yep you can't I, start yeah, him i think we're all in agreement on that one yep so chris, chris you already so, talked about the start right so i'm not gonna talk about the start uh, i'll just jump right into the sit and I know it's kind of contradictory to my start uh, my start of the week for quarterbacks, which is Derek Carr. I'm going to sit Nelson Aguilar, and I believe you should as well, because I know you might be looking at his stats and seeing, you know, he put up 16 points against the number 8 Indianapolis Colts, but he the man is wildly inconsistent. He's, he's only started 6.2% for a reason, but if you have him, don't think about putting him in your lineup this week. Yeah, you can drop him. I would drop him. Just drop him altogether. Yep. Because I put on here, I mean, obviously it's a bad matchup. He's playing the number nine Chargers. Uh, he, I mean, like I said, he did do well against the Colts. He caught five of nine for 100 yards and a touchdown. But like I said, he's just not going to be consistent. The last time he had a, a game over 10 points was four weeks ago. Yeah. And against... A good matchup, he had five points against the Falcons and three points against the Jets. Yeah, nobody nobody knows when he's going to do well either. I mean, he, he's just... First of all, he's not a good receiver in general. He can't catch the ball very well. He's just, I mean, he's just bad. Like, his hands are not good. He, he his was, route running is questionable. He On was the Eagles, having, he was the same way. I mean, it's... He's just not a good receiver in general. I will say that he was having a better year than I feel like he has had in the past yep. this season. But, but a break like... a breakout on somebody who's trash to begin with. Is, right. is that really a breakout? 
I wouldn't call him a breakout, but I'm just saying I it just yeah, it seemed like he's oh, very relatable to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, you ex- very relatable. Yeah, you ex- you're fully expecting him to do bad, but then there's those games where he does yeah. pretty where, well, where he makes you want to put him in your lineup, but you regret doing so <laughs> immediately because the week before you had him on your bench with 16 yep. points. <laughs> yeah, so is that all you got? That's all I got. Yeah. Then we'll wrap it up with the debate. Well, actually, real quick, we'll give you the standings for. The picks, we didn't get into it last week. We're going to be finished with the picks as nobody can catch Andrew, who finished number one. I finished number two, and Chris finished number three. So, finally, the debate. We'll make it a semi-quick one. And we're going to make it about our hometown guy, Alan Robinson. So, another another debate about a bear. But this one fantasy relevant, unlike the one against David Montgomery so much. But Allen Robinson is comes in at the number 10 receiver as of right now. He is exactly number 10, and he's in a close matchup. He's got Keenan Allen just ahead of him, and Will Fuller, who I'm not going to count, but Lockett is right behind him, and A.J. Brown right under Lockett. So our debate is going to be, is A.J. Brown, or sorry, is Allen Robinson <laughs> going to stay in the top 10 throughout the rest of the season? So really quickly, I just want to ask you guys, do you think Trubisky is going to help him a lot more yes. fantasy-wise? 100%. I, yes. I agree, because it seems like Trubisky is constantly just throwing it to him. Regardless of how good of a throw it is, it's just going to Allen Robinson yep. on a lot of plays. So, and he's making and, a lot of plays on the ball. And you can see, but, during that long losing streak they had, he had three games under 10 throughout that whole stretch, basically. And then he started picking it back up again. Uh, well, he only picked it up against New Orleans, but during that whole stretch, he was down below 10 points, even against the Detroit Lions, and he's had a couple of good games in that stretch, and that's it. But now he's got two very good matchups coming up in these final two fantasy games, and I believe that he is going to be a lock in your lineup. Well, I don't I don't think anybody's going to disagree he's going to be locked in your lineup here, but I believe that he's... Even if the only one I can see passing him is A.J. Brown. He's the only one, and I believe that that Allen Robinson will stay in the top ten. I'll leave it at that. And I, I don't think A.J. Brown will pass him, to be honest with you. I think A.J. Brown will easily pass him. I don't think it'll be easy at all. I think Allen Robinson's going to have such a high volume, Trubisky stares him down. I just, even with the volume, if you look at his reception percentage... It is not all that good. It doesn't matter Throughout when you get the like season. 50 targets a game from <laughs> Trubisky does. who only looks at only looks at Robinson, basically. And they're, I don't know. With their matchups, though, Allen Robinson should have a field day. I mean, I'm not going to argue that he's having a good season. He is over 1,000 yards. And he does have six touchdowns, but six touchdowns in, what, 14 weeks or 13 games? Yep. I, I don't know, but AJ Brown. I don't think AJ Brown's gonna pass him. I AJ Brown is pretty much the only, the only guy that they really throw to. I mean, occasionally. And I understand that, but I think Derrick Henry is just gonna be the boss of the team for the remaining games. It doesn't even matter. Even with even with Derrick Henry's, what did he have? 34, 35 this 34. week. AJ AJ Brown still had eighteen. I I understand that, but Robinson, I think, is gonna get more get enough work to outpace Brown. For the 
for the quality. Basically, the the quality of AJ Brown's work is better than Robinson, but Robinson gets too much volume for Brown to pass. Well, AJ Brown, just for example, this week he plays Detroit, which is number twenty nine, and then the next week he plays Green Bay, which is number seven. So not a highly favorable matchup for the last week of the season, uh, fantasy wise. But I don't know. I think I think he's gonna put up. I think it's going to be another week similar to the last or to this past week with you know Derrick Henry getting a lot of points and then I feel like AJ Brown is also going to get a lot of work as well and I think that based off of that game alone he's going to pass him this week for sure. I don't believe so. He's going to have to make up. He's only five points back, and yeah, that's he's going with, to have to make up. So Robinson only has a five point lead on him. However, I believe that Robinson is just going to be better. From here on out, AJ Brown has played. AJ Brown has played two less games, and he's only five points back. Yeah, I mean, I, I realized that. So he had eighteen. Uh, Robinson this week also had eighteen against Houston. So I I understand that he's most likely not going to get one hundred and twenty three yards and a touchdown, but I think he has a high potential of scoring multiple touchdowns in these coming games with Trubisky throwing the ball to him, and I could see. I could see A.J. Brown breaking the top 10, but I believe that'll come with him and Robinson passing somebody rather than, like, don't get me wrong. I think A.J. Brown has a potential for top 10, but I think, I don't think he's going to pass Robinson. I believe that's the meat of the okay, debate so that, is going to be. So then because Robinson is already number 10 right now currently, and A.J. Brown is what? He's 13? If 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 you say that AJ Brown has the potential to break the top ten, that mean that means Allen Robinson has to pass Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, or Stephon Diggs, and they all have way more points than he does. Well, that I mean, Keenan Allen has three more points only. What do? And how? Okay, what am I looking at then here? Because right now it says that he has almost 20, 20 more points. Well, we might have some. <laughs> might okay, have some I'm stat, telling you, I'm telling you differences here. I'm telling you on what I'm looking at on my phone right now. It says Keenan Allen has to, 242.5, and Allen Robinson has 22 or 222 point or 224.6. I must be. I must have been wrong. Something. Because I I have 139 for Robinson. Am I look? Am I looking at the wrong thing here then? I'm not sure, to be honest. But either way, let's I'm, just hold on. I'm very confused here. I'm sorry. I don't look at. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm looking at. That's let's uh let's have Andrew be the tiebreaker here. So let me see. 2020 season. I'm looking at Robinson. I'm seeing 142 for Keenan. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what yours are saying. <laughs> is yours, I don't know is yours factoring in like PPR or something for some reason? I don't know. I don't know because his is saying that Robinson has more than like DK. <laughs> it also says he has more than Tyreek Hill. So yeah. Okay, well, that, that's off. That's off. Something's got to be wrong about mine. So yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I mean, the whole NFL.com app is just yeah. been messed up. We apologize up. for this mess. Yeah, Thanks, sorry. NFL.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're having some issues but anyways, with NFL.com. Just, just listen to our stats then. So Robinson is three back from Keenan Allen only. And he is, let's see, three, seven back from Hopkins, eight from Diggs, 
Let me try exiting a little bit out of more. here. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. I, I see what you're it, saying. I don't think AJ but I'm with Chris, I'm with Chris on this. There's no way Robinson's going to pass, unless he has a monster next two weeks. I think it's going to be hard for him to pass up Keenan Allen, who is the only guy on that team who's catching balls. Well, I'm not saying much that he's better... going to. I'm saying the only way A.J. Brown is going to break the top 10 is if that happens. I mean, okay. that's not the debate, but... So I exited out of the no. app, it's all made, fixed. It, made it go away, all and right, now, right. now I'm seeing Allen Robinson's got 139.6. Yes, there you go. Okay, all right. I really don't know what happened. I have no idea. NFL you saw it. You saw it. I saw NFL. it. NFL.com happened. Yeah. If you're hearing this, anyone from NFL.com... Fix your stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're sick of it. We're not sponsored by NFL.com, no, by the way. We are, <laughs> we are talking very negatively. We Please don't not. sue us. <laughs> Anyways, let's get right. Let's get back into the debate. Yeah, I don't know about Robinson passing Keenan Allen or Hopkins. I think his best chance is passing Diggs, to be honest with you. I think Diggs could drop off, but... I don't I don't think I mean, A.J. Brown I, gets enough work. Is, is I mean, I know he gets a steady work, but... His he just he gets so many points for not as many targets as Robinson. Here's what I will say though, he I believe AJ Brown has a much better chance of finding the end zone than Robinson. You, I don't think so. I do. You cannot mm. trust Trubisky to throw touchdowns Allen whatsoever. Allen Robinson has nearly zero. I, I'm not gonna say nearly zero, but he doesn't have nearly as many yards after catch as A.J. Brown. Yeah, and A.J. Brown finds the end zone a lot based off of catching the ball in the middle of the field and running it up to the end zone. Because he doesn't get a lot of red zone targets is the problem. And and that's where I see he's somebody's going to figure out that you have to double coverage the guy or have a safety help and not let him run the ball after the catch. That okay, is but like what you're the saying, only way he's dangerous. If you're saying that Mitch Trubisky is literally eyeing Allen Robinson down the field. Don't you think that the defenses are going to talk about that during the game? And, and yeah, I mean, but you'd think that they that they should. But and Allen Robinson is not def- the defenses they're playing are just not good enough. Allen Robinson is not that. not effective in the red zone either. Well, I caught one last week. One last week, <laughs> I seriously he he gets tons of yards. It's he gets just yeah. so much volume. It's the volume I will say is what is definitely. More than AJ Brown. AJ Brown hasn't had AJ more Brown, than okay. Pull up, pull up a, more uh, than ten targets on the season. Pull up Allen Robinson's stats from this past week. How many targets did he have? Well, you could just tell me. I'm, <laughs> I'm 13, I'm on, 13. Okay, so I'm on AJ Brown's. He had nine, and he had 112 yards. What did what did Robinson or yeah? What did Robinson have? He had nine receptions for 123 yards. So, well, I don't like his... That's why I'm saying his target share is so high with Trubisky in there. But it's not... it's going to outweigh what A.J. Brown can do it's not, with Derrick Henry, who can take over a game. He doesn't get enough volume to but that's be able not, to pass it. But that's not that much more targets than A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown had less targets and only two less receptions. So it's not that far off. But then if you're saying, like, Robinson does get the red zone targets, if you're saying... Because Robin, if if it's not that far off, how many yards did he have? One hundred and twelve. Because Robinson had more more yards for having a cut, just a couple more catches. Then okay, but that's what I'm saying is think about if he so had, he he had more not by he had much, more though. run after well, he only no, had eleven more much. yards. I I mean I understand that, but that's why I'm saying the targets matter, and and he he must have had some pretty good rack yardage too then. In this past game, and I understand Houston is—they're not playing Houston every week, but at the same time, AJ Brown isn't playing the atrocious 
one in whatever Jacksonville Jaguars every week. I I believe I believe that Robinson is going to stay in top ten for sure. I I would say, I would be a hundred percent more confident in Robinson. I mean, obviously you guys are going to agree, but. I would be a lot more confident if it wasn't Trubisky there. I think Tannehill's a much better quarterback. They're a much better team in general. With a much better coach. Yeah, much and a much better running game though that take that eats his. But like how me, but like what me and Andrew have been saying the whole time. If you have a good running game, it it, it opens up for. Yeah. Him. Not it, only that. Sorry to interrupt, but not only that, but AJ Brown's the only one catching balls over there. You see Corey Davis. Like here and there, who will explode and have a like a ton of yards, but AJ Brown is the only one catching any touchdowns. He's getting the yards. Allen Robinson is getting the most targets, but you're seeing Darnell Mooney have a bunch of targets. You're seeing the tight ends have a lot more targets. I think AJ Brown has a better chance, but I, I don't know. I think if anything, I think Robinson would if he's not gonna make top ten, he's gonna pop out one one behind. Okay, so I think so I think my, they both I think they both make top ten. I just see AJ Brown surpassing him. My my closing argument is gonna be that the Bears, up by thirty points, are still throwing the ball. David Montgomery ran ten times. They kept throwing the ball. No matter what situation they're in, Nagy's gonna throw the ball. No matter what. So I and Allen Robinson is going to be the number one target of them throwing the ball as long as Trubisky's back there, and Trubisky looks more confident. He looks a little bit better. I know against bad defenses, but he only plays two more terrible defenses. So I believe that it's going to be AJ. I think it's going to be a close race. That's why we're debating in general because it is going to be, I believe, close, and I think you can agree. But I I think that. Allen Robinson with that five-point lead is going to slim, in slim fashion, beat out A.J. Brown, and he's going to stay in top ten. All right, do you have anything else on the, no. on the subject? Anybody? I'm good. I don't really have anything, but I just have little faith in the Bears. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> I don't either, but I, I do have faith in Robinson with Trubisky. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know this is irrelevant, but I think we're gonna say goodbye to Robinson after this year. Yep, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I, I wish I've we seen... had sad music to play. Yeah, but I. But mean, we'll give you this tone instead. A much, much better tone—a tone you'd like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning and end yeah. of the greatest podcast about fantasy football—the one and only fantasy football. Debaters. We appreciate you tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at FFDebaters. Give us questions, comments, feedback, debate topics. We don't care what it is. Tell us we're garbage. Tell us we're great. Questions, comments, concerns. Tell us we're we like it all. We don't care. <laughs> but thank you for listening and tune in next week to hear more. Happy hunting in the playoffs.